Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us right here for the Active Church Podcast. We believe that you can tell a better story and we are so glad you are engaging with our content today. You're about to hear from one of our incredible teaching pastors and we hope that you'll be impacted by this message. Thanks again for being with us. So growing up, I had three brothers, I still do, and there were four of us total. There was Dave, there was me, there was Jeff, and there was John. Jeff actually played high school baseball when he was a freshman in high school, and he was pretty good, but he wasn't good until he had a conversation with my nana, my mom's mom, and there was a game that he invited her to come and watch, and this game he went 0 for 4 at the plate, meaning that he had no hits, in four at-bats. And so when they got into the car, my Nana asked my brother, Jeff, she said, Jeffrey, tell me about your batting stance. And so Jeff began to describe his batting stance, and this is my son's bat, and he began to describe his batting stance. And he said, well, I hold the bat up near my head and I wiggle it around like this, and then I swing through. And my Nana said, well, why do you do that? Why do you hold it up by your head and why do you twirl the bat? And he said, well, the coaches told me to do that, and I've seen every Major League Baseball player do that, and so that's why I do that. And my nana said this to my brother. She said, well, you should stop because it's ridiculous. And in that moment, Jeff was a bit offended. And then my nana asked this question. Could I give you a small pivot, a tiny adjustment, a little tweak that will help you to be a better hitter? And Jeff laughed out loud because what do grandmothers know about baseball, right? But he said, sure, tell me what you got. And my Nana said, Jeff, I want you to just make this small adjustment. Move your hands from by your head and rest the bat on your shoulder. And don't wiggle it like you were, but rest it on your shoulder and hold it still. And I guarantee you, you'll be a much better hitter. Because when you swing through the strike zone, you'll have a level swing. And when you make contact, you'll get more hits. And so Jeff, after an 0 for 4 day, decided I'm going to put it into practice. And so that next game, instead of having the bat up here, he had it down here. Instead of wiggling it around, he held it still. And that game was extraordinary because Jeff actually got four hits in that game. And for the rest of the season, Jeff didn't get another single because every time he made contact, he'd end up at second base or third base or even hit the ball over the fence for a home run. My Nana taught him how to hit. And my Nana said, if you just make this tiny tweak, this little adjustment, this small pivot, it will change everything for you. Can we talk about that today? Not your baseball stance or your baseball swing, but can we talk about how the little things actually make the biggest changes in life? Can we talk about how those tiny tweaks and those small pivots actually can change everything for you? We've been in this series called over it. And if you're watching or listening for the very first time, my name is Mike and I'm honored that you're joining us today. And the conversation has been about the things, the people, the situations, even the sins that we are over, we're fed up with, we're done with. And what we've learned is that just because we're over it doesn't mean that we don't have to face it or deal with it or walk through it. And so we've been talking about how we actually face it and deal with it and walk through it when we're over it. And we've been using this letter in the Bible, this letter written to people like you and me by a man named Paul called Philippians. And it's a letter of hope. It's a letter of joy. 
It's a letter that's really empowering. It's a letter that takes the commands of Jesus and drops them into real life, into your real life and into my real life. And today I want to take you to two verses in this letter that actually talk about a small tweak, a, a tiny pivot, a, 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 little, a little adjustment that could change everything for you, that could really display the story of God in you and through you, that will help communicate to the world that the story of Jesus is actually irresistible. And it will help us when we're over things. And the thing that we're gonna talk about today that we should be over is something that you may have not considered, but it's important for our day and our time. So if you have a Bible or a Bible app on your phone, would you open to Philippians chapter two? We'll start in verse 14. Philippians chapter two, verse 14. And Philippians is in the New Testament of the Bible. And so as you turn there, I wanna read these verses to you. This is, these are the words from Paul. He says, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. There's a command here from Paul, and he's really using the words of Jesus and helping us to be inspired and convicted and draw us forward. And what he's saying is this, here's something for you to do. Do everything in life without complaining or arguing or grumbling. And if you do this, you will shine like stars in the sky. One version says, shine like stars in the universe. He said, this is the best way forward. Now, he's writing to a group of people who live in Europe. And this group of people, they are the only church in Europe. Meaning that it's not like it is here today. We have a church on almost every street corner, don't we? You have an option for where you want to attend on the weekend. You even had an option for what you wanted to watch or listen to today, right? But in their time, the only gathering that they were aware of, the only church gathering was them and what they did. And Paul is saying, in amongst all of these people in Europe, where you're at, you have a better story to tell and you have a greater kingdom to build. And that is the story of Jesus and the kingdom of God. And one of the things that you need to be aware of is how you approach people and situations and problems. And you need to approach them not with complaints or arguing or grumbling, but actually approach them in a different way, in a fresh way. Be a breath of fresh air so that you can shine like stars in the universe. Because isn't it true that almost all of us, if not all of us, complain and argue and grumble? And isn't it true that if you find somebody who doesn't, they stand out? They shine like stars in the universe, shine like stars in the sky? Paul was onto something, wasn't he? He was leaning into something, and this invitation is powerful for that group of people, but it's powerful for us. And here's, here's a hard truth, all right? When we think about complaining and arguing and grumbling, we actually don't consider that something that we should be over right? It's not on the list of things that we're over, that we're fed up with, that we're done with. In fact, when we're fed up, 
When we're over it, when we're done with it, what do we do? We complain and we argue and we grumble, don't we? Maybe that's why Paul is writing to us and saying these things. And and here's another hard truth. The reason why we don't think that we should be over it is because we like to complain, don't we? We love to argue, don't we? And we love to complain and argue publicly. We love to say it out loud. It's almost like we got to get it out of us and we want everybody to know about it. And because that's true and because we like to complain and because I'm a part of we, I'd like to share three complaints with you today. Is that all right? My first complaint is this. It is too hot. It is fall. It is September. And I can't enjoy my pumpkin spice when it's 100 degrees outside. So if the earth and the environment could get its act together and recognize that it's fall, I would be happy. That's my first complaint. My second complaint is this. My Wi-Fi at home is terrible. I'm tired of seeing buffering on my TV or on my computer screen. If we can send civilians to the edge of the earth and outer space and then land that rocket ship, then we should be able to get Wi-Fi correct in 2021, right? I hope so. My third complaint is this. This is not a statement about politics or a statement about COVID, but I want you to know that I'm with you. I can't stand masks either, but not for the reasons that maybe you think. I can't stand masks because when I wear a mask, it gives an indentation on my beard and it makes this well-groomed beard look like I just rolled out of bed. And I don't like that, all right? So those are my complaints. And I'm sure you have complaints as well. And truthfully, I could keep going. I could complain about people and I could complain about politics and I could complain about the government. I could complain about people who believe like me, who don't treat people well, even though they say they love Jesus who are not kind, compassionate, and filled with grace and peace, and yet they know the God who is kind and compassionate and gives us grace and peace. I could complain about people who don't believe like me. I could complain about those who complain and argue and fight and grumble. I got a lot of complaints, and so do you. And you know what we do with our complaints? We put them on the complaint factory, social media, right? We throw them out publicly and we want everybody to know our opinion. We want everybody to know our thoughts. And we don't see a problem with that, but it actually affects us and those around us. Did you know that 70% of people in the workforce say that they work with someone who complains and it actually slows down the effectiveness of whatever they're trying to accomplish? That two thirds of people have actually said that it decreases the productivity in the office. I have never sat in a meeting with somebody who is complaining, grumbling, or arguing and thought to myself, I want to be more like them. I've never thought that. And then when you complain, do you know it actually affects you in a physiological way? Like it actually shapes and forms your brain. It actually hardens your heart towards people that you're complaining about. Complaining, arguing, and grumbling when you're frustrated is like punching a punching bag when you're mad. You've taught yourself that this is the only way that I actually can get rid of this and deal with this. When in reality, it's not helpful, hopeful, or even holy. But we don't think about complaining and arguing and grumbling as something that we should be over. But I think we should, and I think we should choose a better way. And by the way, When I talk about not complaining, arguing, and grumbling, and when Paul talks about that as well, he's not saying that we can't address stuff that needs to be addressed. What he's inviting us to consider is this, 
that maybe there's a better way to address it. Maybe how we address it and when we address it and where we address it and why we address it and the words we use, maybe they actually matter. And according to Paul, if you choose a better way, you will shine like stars in the sky. So what if we decide today to be over grumbling, complaining, and arguing? What's the better way forward? Today, I wanna give you three questions to ask when a problem is laid before you. And these questions will help you to do two things. One, they'll help you to think critically, which is something that we desperately need in our world. And they will help you to live wisely, which is another thing that we desperately need in our world. So I wanna give you these three questions when a problem is laid before you. And when you focus on these questions rather than on complaining, arguing, and grumbling, you and I will shine like stars in the sky. So here's the first question when that problem is laid before you. It's this, is this really the problem? Is the problem that I see really the problem? Or is there something else going on? Like, am I ready to complain because I'm just not getting my way? Am I ready to argue because I'm inconvenienced? Am I grumbling because it went this way and I thought it would go that way? Like, is there something else going on here that is stirring me up rather than just the problem that's in front of me? Is this really the problem? James, the brother of Jesus, had a problem with Jesus. See, he didn't believe that he was the Christ, the son of the living God. And he grumbled and complained and argued with people about it. He thought his brother was crazy. He thought his brother was nuts. And he thought that until Jesus died and rose from the grave. And then James realized that the problem wasn't Jesus. The problem was James and his lack of belief in Jesus, his doubt that Jesus is who he says that he is and would do what he said he would do. And so James had some self-reflection and he actually brings the questions of self-reflection to us in moments when there are a problem. In James chapter four, starting in verse one, James actually asks some really good questions, makes some really good statements. Here's what he said. Hey, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires, that battle within you? Verse two, he says, you desire, but you do not have, so you kill. And you might hear that and go, James, calm down. Like that, that's a bit extreme, that's a bit aggressive. But his point is this, isn't it true that when you argue, when you complain, when you grumble, that you actually kill off things? Like you kill off the relationship? You kill your opportunity to lead someone well. You kill the opportunity to be someone who influences in a positive way. You kill your ability to love well. And eventually we've seen it in our world that when people don't get their way, they actually have taken lives. What James is saying here is that you're not a murderer. What he's saying here is that you're complaining, you're arguing and you're grumbling actually does destroy things. So be aware of that. It destroyed his relationship with Jesus before Jesus died and resurrected. And he realized that that was his problem, not the problem of Jesus. He says, you covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. This is so good because James is asking this question of himself and he wants you to ask the question of you. Like what's really going on in you? Why is this a problem? And is this problem something that is really more about you than it is about anybody else? Like, what's the thing behind the thing? Is the problem in front of you 
really the problem? Or is there something else going on here? Am I just inconvenienced? Am I just not getting my way? Did it turn out the way that I thought it wouldn't turn out and I wanted it to turn out this way? Or maybe the problem is actually something that you should address. Maybe the problem is something that you actually should tackle. And if that's you, then I want to invite you to ask the second question. Is this a helpful solution to the problem? Ah, it's not just about sharing your opinions, is it? It's actually about bringing solutions to issues that we see and not doing it in a way that complains or argues or grumbles. See, we have a problem with this in our world, don't we? We have a problem in our relationships, don't we? Because we can't have conversations that are nuanced. And what I mean by that is we like this or that. We don't like, mm, they have a point and so do they. They're speaking some truth and so are they. See, we don't like that. We like us versus them. We like this or that. We like black and white. And yet what Paul is saying is that you will shine like stars in the universe when you decide not to complain, argue, or grumble. But when you actually say, hey, what's the solution here? Paul is inviting you into a better way. And he's announcing that your attitude and your character, they matter in moments that are hard and that are heavy. And hard and heavy moments need people of integrity and people of great character and people who are holy. Listen, this might push on you a bit, but that's okay. The indicator on if you are willing to help people and if you are willing to be humble and if you are willing to be a servant of all, the indicator of that is your posture in those moments. Are you choosing to complain, argue, and grumble or are you choosing to be a star that shines in the universe? That's the indicator on if you are actually wanting to come and bring a solution. If you're wanting to come and be helpful and hopeful and holy. So sit on that for just a minute. Because that's what Paul is inviting us to consider. Because that's the way of Jesus. Here's what he says in another letter to other Christians in Rome. He says this, that God's kindness leads us towards repentance. Not God's anger, not God's complaint, not God's arguing, not God's grumbling. God's kindness drew us to him. It allowed us to go, I am drawn to that. That's irresistible. That's what I need. God's solutions to our problem wasn't to complain or to condemn us. It was to redeem and restore us. Last year, last June, we opened up our services after being on lockdown for a few months here at Active Church. And we met in the room that I'm in currently for three whole weeks. And then we got the edict. <laughs> we got the communication that we can't meet in the building anymore. And I'll be honest with you. I was mad. I was frustrated and I was angry because we hadn't seen each other for months. It was on a camera like this. We hadn't talked to each other. We hadn't worshiped together. So I was looking forward to that. And we had three weeks to do that. Plus, we put up this brand new screen and we kind of redid the room. And I was stoked about that. I'm a nerd. I get excited about little things, right? And then we had to go outside. And so one of our staff members actually texted me and said, hey, did you see this? I said, yes. And then they said, what do you want to do about it? And I said, I don't want to do anything about it. I'm mad. I don't want to talk about it. And then I had another staff member that texted me this. They said, well, when you're ready to talk about it, we're going to make something good happen and it will be incredible. 
that was humbling in that moment because it chiseled away my anger and my frustration. And what we did was phenomenal. We had a great time outside, even though it was hot, even though there were days where it was smoky, we had a great time outside and we saw people meet Jesus and learn to follow Jesus. And here's what I learned in that moment. And here's what I wanna invite you to do in moments where you, should, where you can complain and argue and grumble, but choose a different posture. Instead of complaining and arguing, choose to be flexible and agile. Choose to be flexible and agile because that allows you to shine like stars in the universe. So when there's a problem, the question that you should ask to help you do think critically and live wisely is this, is this really the problem? And then when you are actually wanting to solve the problem, a great question to ask is, is this a helpful solution to the problem? Now I told you I'd give you three questions. This third one is very personal and it's deeper than any issue that we might be facing in our life. It's one that's in our hearts and in our souls. And to give context to it, I wanna read through Philippians chapter two, verses 14 and 15, but from the message version of the Bible, because what it says will help us in our next conversation, our next discussion. Here's what Paul writes. Do everything readily and cheerfully. No bickering, no second guessing allowed. Go out into the world uncorrupted, a breath of fresh air, in this squalid and polluted society, provide people with a glimpse of good living and of the living God. Carry the light-giving message of Jesus into the night so that all good can be caused and God can be proud of you on the day that Christ returns. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that good? I love that Paul is writing to this church in Europe, they're the only church, and he says, be a breath of fresh air. Give your city the goodness of God and the goodness of hope in your good living. And then he drops this line, no second guessing. No second guessing. I think some of our biggest complaints are not with one another. I think some of our biggest complaints are with God and what God did or didn't do. Pastor and author and theologian Tim Keller once said this, that worry is fear that God will get it wrong. And bitterness is believing that he did. See, some of us are living a life that we never thought we'd live. Some of us are living a life that we didn't anticipate or expect. And we got complaints about that. Some of us want hope and healing and health and what we've got is the opposite of that. And we've got complaints about that. And the reason why we're complaining is because we think that this is the end of the story. We complain. We complain the most when we think that we've seen the whole story and God hasn't met our expectations. Which brings us to the, the third question when there's a problem. And this one's personal between you and God. And it's this. Are you sure this is the end of the story? Are you positive that the story's over? John, who spent three years with Jesus, was called the disciple whom Jesus loved, wrote about a moment in the life of Jesus that's powerful. It's in John chapter 11. John is telling us this story about how a friend of Jesus is sick. His name is Lazarus. 
And Jesus gets the message and they say, the one you love is sick. So this relationship that Jesus has with Lazarus is not just a acquaintance. It's a deep-rooted, deep-loving friendship because they didn't even mention Lazarus's name. And they said, the one you love is sick. And Jesus knew exactly who that was. And so they invited him to come and see him because maybe he needed to see his friend before he passed, or maybe Jesus might do a miracle. That's what they were hoping for. Jesus says, okay, I'll be there. And then four days later, he shows up. Now you might not think that's a big deal, but he was only two miles away from the house. And in that time, Lazarus passes away. When Jesus shows up, the sisters of Lazarus come and find him, Mary and Martha. And they both say to Jesus, if you were here, if you would have come, Lazarus would not have died. And I, I got to pause for a moment because I think that for a lot of us, we're like Mary and Martha. And we're wondering what God is doing. And I, I even think that maybe it would be easier for us if we actually believed that God was limited in what he could do. Because then we could say things like, if God could, I know that he would, but he can't. But here's the truth. That's not true of God. God is not a God who can't. There is nothing that's impossible with God. Paul even writes in another letter to another group of Christians. He says, now to him, being God, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. Like God goes beyond our wildest dreams. God does things that we don't even expect or anticipate. And yet there are things that he doesn't do that we wanted him to do And that makes things confusing and we have complaints about that. I think about Peter and I think about his relationship with Jesus. And there was a moment where he thought maybe the end of the story happened when he denied Jesus three times and then Jesus died. But then there was this moment of great reconciliation and Jesus resurrected from the grave. And Peter, I have to believe, is thinking about this when he writes these words in his second letter Second Peter chapter three, verse nine, he says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness, but instead he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Like Peter says, I'm learning that maybe the story isn't over yet, but just because we're learning that doesn't mean that we don't have a complaint, right? Just because we're learning that doesn't mean it doesn't make things confusing. And so maybe we need to follow Peter's lead and follow Mary and Martha's lead And when we have complaints, maybe we need to just bring them to God and believe that God can actually handle that. Our team at Active, our staff at Active, they have received many, many times over your prayer requests, the things that are stirring in you, the things that you want us to lay before God. And there have been moments where we have asked God, God, why is this allowed? We know he's good. We know he's God. But there are moments where we have complaints. And what we've learned and what I want to invite you to do and what these writers of the scriptures are inviting us to do is when we have complaints, we bring them to the Lord. Like maybe in the middle of your story, you can trust that there are things that you don't know and yet still tell God how you feel. Because when problems arise that we're over, it's easy to complain and argue and grumble. But when we invite God into those problems and when we're honest with God and we speak honestly with God, it allows us to stir up self-control publicly and it allows us to lean into God's faithfulness privately. So 
when there is a problem. What will you do? Will you complain and argue and grumble? That's what everybody does, right? And we don't see it as a big deal. But Paul did, especially to this group in Philippi. You're the only ones representing Jesus and you're complaining and arguing and grumbling actually display the goodness or maybe the lack of goodness in people's opinions of God. Like the story of Jesus hangs in the balance, friends. And so what will we decide to do? Will we complain, argue, or grumble, or will we choose to think critically and live wisely? And we can do that when we ask three really important questions when we're faced with a problem. Is this really the problem? Is this a helpful solution to the problem? And are you sure this is the end of the story? When you choose that posture, that way forward, that direction, you will shine like stars in the sky. When complaining stirs up in you and you choose to think critically and live wisely, you will shine like stars in the sky. When arguing is a temptation, but you choose to think critically and live wisely, you will shine like stars in the sky. And when grumbling and gossip is something that you are wanting to lean into, but instead you choose to think critically and live wisely, you will shine like stars in the sky. And so friends, I think that's a better way. And that's why we should be over anything that gets in the way of the story of Jesus. Now, you want to shine like stars in the sky? Put your trust in Jesus or come back to Jesus. Next week at Active Church at our Ukaipa location, I want to invite you to come and get baptized. It's you announcing that you are dependent upon God. It's not an announcement about your perfection. It's an announcement about a new direction. And I want to invite you to come and announce that publicly with people that love you and announce that publicly with the God who rescued you. I want to invite you to come and get baptized and you can get started by texting baptism to the number that you see on the screen. Baptism to the number that you see on the screen. Every one of you that gets baptized, every one of you that leans into Jesus, every one of you that sees a problem and instead of complaining, you choose to think critically and live wisely, you shine like stars in the sky. I want to pray for you. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for a better way, a third way, the way of Jesus. And may we choose that way over our way because it's the way of hope, it's the way of help, and it's the way of holiness. In Jesus' name, and together we say amen and amen and amen. We hope you enjoy the Active Church podcast. If you want to know more about Active Church, you can follow us on our social media platforms at Active Churches. Don't forget to subscribe as well to stay connected to future podcasts. And if you are a local, we would love for you to experience the room with us. Sunday services are 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m. in Ukaipa. See you next time.